0: Hey, I've got this bit that I'm working on. Can, yeah. you, can you help me out? Uh-huh. So I'm trying to think of different ways to transport um, large amounts of potatoes. And it's basically between like whether I, I walk or if I get a ride. Um, and so I'm trying to decide if I want to do the starch march or do the tuber uber. <laughs> Welcome to the Crunch. It is your boy Ethan, and I'm Patrick. Guess uh, guess who I had lunch with today?
1: Um, was it Andrew Business Jordan or Andrew Regular it, Jordan?
0: It was Andrew Businessman Jordan. That man can spin a tale like nobody else I've ever met in my life. Really? <laughs> he he was telling me some stories that I was like, I was laughing so hard in the Jose Peppers. That And he was also roasting me. So like when we went in, when we went into the, into the restaurant, like I was about to get us a table and he was lagging behind me. And I was like, what, what's going on? And I turned around and I look, he's holding the door for a girl in a wheelchair. And he like comes up to me with like this smile on his face. I'm like, what, you think you just earned the Nobel Peace Prize or something? And he's like, No, it's funny to me because I held the door for her, whereas you let the door slam in her face as you were walking in because you were talking to me. And he started making me feel really bad. Oh, no. (laughs) And so then I looked like a huge jerk. Yeah. And then when we got, when we, and then, and then after that, like this whole, it was a tour day, Andrew Jordan being a better guy than me. Um, so I didn't see the girl in the wheelchair, which I felt bad about. Not like, I intentionally, like, didn't hold the door for her. Anyway, it's not important. I mean, it's crazy. You're so um, much
1: closer to someone in a wheelchair than Andrew is.
0: That's true. He's a tall guy. <laughs> um, but And then we sit down at the booth that they sat us at, and it was a really, really big booth. And so when the server came up, <laughs> I was like, hey, do you have a bigger booth that we could sit in? And, like, it was very much a joke, oh, and I was, not, no. I was not being, like... um I'd, I was not being snobby. Like, I had a smile on my face, like, trying to be silly. You were being and Chandler. He, Could this I was trying to be, be any bigger? Be any bigger? Yeah. <laughs> I was being Chandler, and he, like, waited for me to stop talking and then said, okay, we have Pepsi products. Uh, I was like, um, okay. So then I ordered a Mountain Dew, and then he didn't look at me the rest of the day. And I don't know if it was because he was busy or if because I messed up. And so, long story short, lunch with Andrew Jordan went great, but, uh... I made some faux pas and I just, (laughs) (laughs) I feel bad. That's hilarious. Yeah. Did you pay for his food? He says hello. No, he paid for mine.
1: Oh, but he's our patron. We should pay for him. It's a business expense.
0: Would you have paid me back? No. Okay. So (laughs) I haven't seen all of the money that we get from Patreon goes straight into your bank account. It does, but it uh, goes
1: into a separate bank account that I don't even think about.
0: Mm-hmm, and sure. I just don't even look at it. He doesn't think about it because it's a zero, ladies and gentlemen. I don't he I don't I don't it all.
1: I don't look at it until Phoebe and I want to take a lavish Hawaiian vacation and then it goes right
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> until you're thinking about making a big purchase. Wink, wink. a
1: big purchase. Wink, wink. Oh, someone <laughs> someone DM me the other day. and They figured it out right quick. I feel like everybody figured it out. Right. Oh, quick. it's it was not at it all. It was like not a, subtle, even kind not of. subtle or secret. Oh, man.
0: Which is very funny to me. It is funny. That you, <laughs> you still bleeped out the word that I said. And did you see the memes that somebody sent? Oh us? my gosh, they were so funny. We should post them on our uh, on our Facebook page. We
1: finally have content for the Crunch. Accounts. So people are
0: people just made like memes making fun of catching foxes and promoting us. If
1: you have memes about something that ha- here's the thing. I, so so you know you know how like big YouTubers have subreddits. Yes, that's how you know you made it yeah that could be us we could one here's the thing if anyone wants to start and moderate a crunch subreddit i will so like it'll it'll be the dumbest and lamest thing at the first like for the first couple of years but after we hit year 10 of doing that
0: <laughs> it's gonna be I like mean, i think it, podcasts that are already big still have pretty lame subreddits like, oh yeah It's like, did you see that he had a kid? And it's like, yeah. It's thanks for posting a picture of this man's child. (laughs) Weird. (laughs) That's. Can we talk about the content, please? Thanks. It just becomes like personality cultish instead of content. Oh, that's
1: true. Yeah, that's kind of. And what I'm all
0: about, you know, what I'm all about Mm -hmm. is uh, is utilizing the content to become a personality. So actually, maybe it is a good play.
1: I want I want to be I want to be known exclusively for how funny and or handsome I am. Mm-hmm. And it looks like we're gonna have to go with funny.
0: I would I would like to be known for how how hot my wife is. <laughs> I'm trying to really nail down that Catholic chastity speaker spot. <laughs> oh my gosh! Do you like that one, Pat? Oh, I just hate it
1: so much. I'm sorry. I just I cry every time.
0: You know, hey, this is something that I also hey, really hey, hey, want to everyone, stop making
1: money off of telling teenagers how to date. Stop it! It's stupid. It's emotionally manipulative, and it sucks. Everybody out there, whether you're a Catholic speaker or not, I, I'm mostly not Catholic speakers, but if you're, if you're if you're if you're if your entire marketing strategy is we are hashtag relationship goals, stop it. That's a sin, and it's stupid.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I don't, I don't think it's <sighs> good at all. Um, so bad. Yeah. And it's, it really, it's the same thing as, um, setting up just unrealistic expectations in any way. If it's like anything from, oh, I had this massive emotional, um, experience that led me to, to this life that I have with Jesus. And now it's all these teens are thinking, oh, I have to have that experience. Like no Jesus. And then you see this person who's making money on a stage talking about their, in a way it's like a subtle health and wealth gospel you know mm-hmm. and yeah. it's it's like but and they're not trying to do it but it's that's what's happening you i know, went to is, a talk i went to if a talk i believe once. in jesus i'll have a hot wife and get paid for for wearing tight shirts that are too tight
1: <laughs> i went to a talk once and it was on lexio divina and the girl spent literally 20 minutes of the 30 minute talk talking about how she met and prayed for and got her husband really it was an, it was weird it was weird. She it's, was talking about hmm. she was talking about how like I went on a lead week and I like prayed for my future spouse and then we met at Franciscan and then we got married and I found out that he was going to do I don't know drugs or something on that exact same week and that I helped him and then we got married and and I'm like that's an awesome story but first of all mm-hmm. like sure that's a great story right that's that's cool it's really cool that happened but that has nothing to do with the topic at hand. And it seems like you're just trying to use your relationship to emotionally manipulate us into prayer, which is like really weird. Like if you're going to emotionally manipulate someone, at least make it be to buy your merch.
0: (laughs) Ends, ends and means and justification between them. I think there's like a, um, Oh, what was I going to say? There's a, what's it called? Confirmation bias of if you pray for this thing and then, what where do most people meet their spouses uh college like yeah it's it's not it's not like i mean it's very possible that the lord did something to put that person in your life at that time like his hand is in everything obviously but claiming that it's a result of this like cosmic plan that you began when you started praying like back yeah. in the day it's very uh odd you know where it's like this thing that's statistically likely to happen to me happened. The Lord is doing, it's like, okay, yeah, he is, but not in the way that you're saying that he is. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's frustrating to me. But, Cause the, the,
1: the kind of, uh, when I, when I went to Steubenville conferences, the, the guys and girls talks, the relationshipy stuff was always framed in the sense of like, your life is not a romance story. Like your life is not a romance novel. It's like, yes, that's a good point. Especially because I'm in high school. That'd be good. Disgusting. Um, God's plan for your life is going to be much more of a romance story than anything you could ever write. But then it kind of stopped there. And the implication was like, if you follow God's plan for your life, you're going to have a different kind of romance. That's very Catholic, but you're still mm-hmm. kind of, it's just, it's taking the same, like it's making the expectations just different as opposed to just saying, stop expecting things, just trust God. Cause that's what a lot of dating is. And I think, I think that's why, I think, so the the blog, I was telling you about this yesterday, the, I, I made a blog post about how we need to stop telling people certain things about dating. I think the, mm-hmm. the exact phrase was being, you have to be ready, don't date until you're ready to get married, right? That's a phrase that I heard someone say recently, and I was Somebody like, that's bad. Somebody said that? That's, Oh, no. yeah.
0: The phrase should be, don't get married until you're ready to have children, not don't date until you're ready to have a
1: marriage. Yes, that's really, that's a good, that's a good segue into what we're going to talk about.
0: It, oh, yeah, that's it's true, a really actually. Great I, didn't even, but, I didn't even plan that. So I, when,
1: I, when I said it to Phoebe, she was like, okay, I can see what they're trying to say, but I can also see what someone would think. And I'm like, yes, that's a good point. Because what they're trying to say is dating is for marriage. But see, I just said it just there in fewer words. But mm-hmm. what they said was, don't date until you're ready to get married.
0: Yeah. Which works it's, if you're
1: talking to a high school student. Mm-hmm. Because they're like, oh, I'm in high school. Mm-hmm. I'm not ready to get married. Cool. Don't Don't get married, right? Or don't date. Yeah. Not yeah. dating in high school is a really good idea. But then someone who. I wish somebody
0: would have told me that. I wish
1: someone had told me that. <laughs> some, someone, we did.
0: We all did. We
1: Everyone. Some, and we all <laughs> thought we were the exception to the rule. We all
0: thought, no, I'm actually going to be holy and in a good relationship. Yeah. Oh, wait. I am a man with. <laughs> anyway.
1: Although I do know two people who did get married to the person they dated in high school. But
0: really? Yeah. Katie That's and Eric cool. are one of them. Shout out.
1: Shout out, Katie and Eric. Um, but anyway, so you can you can see how problematic it would get, and I think that's why that blog post specifically did so well, especially considering it's a blog post. Who reads those? Mm-hmm. Uh, because people are people are tired of that kind of culture that we have in the church, where we we think that our dating relationships are going to be perfect just because we know morality. And we think that we think that our our relationships are going to be a better way. I remember one time I read this Life Teen article that was talking about how like Catholics have better sex because they waited for, ma- for until marriage. And I'm like, this that is sounds this like is something weird. that would happen.
0: This is. Did you see that that Ascension video that was like how Chastity made our wedding night weird or whatever? I didn't watch it, but I can't think of a video I want to watch less. Yeah, I, like because I don't. It's I don't want to know this whole. <laughs> They, I don't want to know either. I think, I think sex is great. Big fan of sex. Uh, it's the only reason I'm here. I would like to thank sex for bringing me out tonight. Because
1: <laughs> I would like to thank sex for bringing me out 22 years ago. Sex,
0: sex gave me my first start in show business. 22 years. ago. I should stop ago.
1: screaming the word sex in my office.
0: You really should. Um, <laughs> but the, but this this so strange, uh, a fixation with it. Of yeah, like, that's what it is. Of it's, and it makes sense that your blog post on on relationships did so well and our first episode was on dating and it and it had more listens than our next like 30 episodes um it's because (laughs) for whatever reason we are the perfect archetype for for sad boys across the world like i'm not a sad boy i'm happy you're happy but for a minute you weren't (laughs) (laughs) like where it's better now but for the past two years we've been up and down in and out of different relationships dating seriously or otherwise and so it's we've navigated the twists and turns and so now we can look back and say oh yeah all of this stuff is dumb but in the moment it's like this is everything you know and i think i don't know if i don't know if there's like a lack of maturity from those speakers and people who make those videos or if it's like uh this is something that we have to speak to because i don't think it necessarily is Something that we have every to speak to them, every you know, like as yeah. like a, to the culture, right? Like sticking it to the culture of saying, hey, the you guys think sex is this. Well, let me tell you about how me and my husband prayed through our first sexual encounter. Like it's just weird, <laughs> you know, to yeah, talk about.
1: That's something that you can definitely talk about with someone if you're if you're advising them for marriage. But it's not something that you need to tell high school students. Mm
0: hmm. And that's who's the, watching the those videos, Patrick. If you get married and we talk about your sex life on this podcast, I will. Uh, what will I do?
1: I mean, we're not even. That's not even going to happen because even if I'm I not, started talking well, I about that, which I, I can't wouldn't,
0: quit. I can't quit because this is the only thing I have. No,
1: no, no. Well, actually, here's here's the point. Here's 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 a here's a point that you bring up. This is good. Okay. Tell See, me. if I when I talk about my if I if I were to talk about my sex life with my wife, whoever that may be, God willing, <laughs> right, <laughs> right. The person the person that would it was like it's like you would feel super awkward, the audience would feel super awkward, but you know who hurts the most for me doing that? My wife. Mm-hmm. Because this is something that's supposed to be sacred and and private. Right. Yeah. And it's like well,
0: and it's okay yes.
1: to but see, here's the thing. It's like it's like if I talk about it by myself, mm-hmm. then I am betraying that privacy and that trust. Yeah. Right. And then there's a certain point where it's like, even if we both wanted to share that with the world, there's a point where that mm-hmm. becomes inappropriate, right? And it's like those things need to be shared in a specific context because these things are so sacred, right? Mm,
0: I mean, yeah. I actually have no idea what I think about this topic. I'm just,
1: I just, I just want people to. So, okay, here's here, shout out to the Cotters because I think their book was the the is the best book I've read Ever? on dating. Oh, <laughs> because it didn't try to like one track it right mm-hmm. it didn't try to set you up with a bunch of rules that you have to follow to have a great relationship um and also they didn't rely purely on their own experiences with dating to tell people what to do when they're dating <laughs> they spoke yeah, with like that's true. they spoke yep. with like hundreds of couple, even even high school couples and like that that shows a kind of open mindedness of like okay well obviously high school students want to date and they've always wanted to do this so like let's speak to that. Let's not let's not just try and say like, well, you you can't do it at all. You can't have a boyfriend in high school. That's not mm-hmm. good. You can't just you can't just like that's one solution. But hey, guess what? It's gonna happen. Yeah. So instead, like mm-hmm. promote promoting emotional virtue, et etc., all that good stuff. I think I think their book did a really good job, and I think these one off videos, one off guys talks are not going to, they're not going to fix it. And the only thing, the only thing it's doing is getting clicks, views, and dollars. And it's kind of, it's kind of stupid and we should stop that.
0: Yeah. I think you kind of hit the nail on the head of like, I think one of the reasons that I take so much issue with the, that stuff and that style of speaking that we're talking about in the topics and all these things is because somebody will come up and give this polished, perfect talk <laughs> that they've rehearsed and they've given on seven continents and they are just giving it again um and there's no like and they might say with their words um oh i'm still struggling with these things or i'm still wrestling with with sin in this way but that's not what anybody hears What everybody hears is that person is so polished and they've really figured it out and they they have they aren't messing up anymore and so then it all gets thrown out of whack because there's no real vulnerability. There's Mm -hmm. like faux vulnerability and that, that doesn't play, you know, like that doesn't help anybody. Um, Even if the content is good, it may help people intellectually, but does it help people actually in their hearts know, Hey, I'm not alone. I'm not the only one struggling with these things. I'm not, there's no, it it sets up this unattainable goal of, um, of perfection. Of of pure happiness, pure bliss in this beautiful marriage with my hot, hot wife, and it's uh, yeah, I don't know, it's n- not super important, and this is not at all what I wanted to talk about today, but here we are. So I mean, to, I it just welcome it, to the crunch.
1: Welcome to the crunch. <laughs> it just got me so fired up too, because I, I yeah, just so you sound upset. fired up. I am fired up, because like that, <laughs> that that's that's one of the that's one of the things that happens to you when 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 you're uh, when you graduate college and you're in a serious relationship. You're like, am I ready? For oh, yeah. the next step, right? Like, and 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 all the lies you told yourself when you were in dating relationships in the past, and like all the stuff comes up, and you're like, actually, no, I'm not ready because I have this flaw and this flaw and this flaw, and then you start coming in on yourself and in on yourself and in on yourself, and you start like freaking out, and someone talking about their perfect relationship from this kind of like pedestal only makes those things worse, and like that's the thing. I know that I don't that these people aren't talking to me specifically but they're talking to young people in general or high schoolers in general. I mean, that is the, uh, that is the demographic, right? It's just funny. Never mind. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. I'm just going to say this one last thing and then we can move on to our real topic. But I just think it's funny that the demographic for dating talks are the exact same group that you're saying don't date. And then you talk about all how, then you talk about how to date. That's just so dumb.
0: Yes, it is. And it's like, so uh, what, what there really should be is talks to all the youth ministers about teen dating and about dating in general about relationships so that they know so that when teens come to them with problems it can be more personal instead of having like this giant theatrical from a stage telling everybody advice or like things that sound really good from a stage but like actually when you internalize it it might not be be the best yeah because individuals date
1: relationships are between two unique people and so there's dynamics Mm -hmm. there that you don't understand there's intricacies that you don't understand
0: It's just dangerous. It's not I wouldn't I don't want to come out and condemn all talks on dating, but it is it is a question that should be asked that I don't think has been asked before, because people will come in and say, what do the teens need to know? Well, they're dating. (laughs) And then it's and then that's it just goes from there. And there's no further thought beyond that. Yeah. Well,
1: we're only 15 minutes in, so we have time to move to an
0: actual topic. It's great. It's good banter uh just really fun fun stories just fun fun ranting just about fun ranting about stuff i had something f- hilarious to tell you that i i cannot remember oh i had to go to the dentist today i have to get a filling
1: oh gosh Isn't that, really doesn't that suck yeah and you're like you sorry doc i'm before? already filled with the holy spirit
0: Ooh, no i didn't say that um,
1: d- dentists um, are where you come up with like the most material i've found
0: me not personally? you specifically
1: but just like everybody uh, in general you know
0: because you're because you're forced to lay on your back while not they, talking. Yeah, and so you have to think. It's like it's like for me it's mowing the yard. I love mowing the yard because I could just get to come up with content for 2 hours.
1: Bless us oh lord and this thy content.
0: Yes. <laughs> um yeah, I went to the dentist today. That was great. Great funny bit. Um lunch with Andrew Jordan today. Great, great fun. The the wheelchair. we will never forget. Um <laughs> But yeah, here we are about to record the big dog. You're going to include the big dog in the in the pre-show.
1: I, I might include the dog. In the you pre-show. should don't
0: do don't do big dog in the pre-show. Do tuberluger in the pre-show and then I can say big dog here. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, I ordered big dog shirts <laughs> online. <laughs> if okay. you don't know about what now that what I saying? think
1: about it, I have seen that dog on people's shirts, but they were like the the weird Boy Scout kids. Not that Boy Scouts oh. were all weird, but like they were like the super into it Boy Scout kids. Really? With Because like I've only shorts.
0: ever seen men over the age of 60 wearing big dog t-shirts. Nope. And that's the aesthetic that I'm trying to emulate.
1: Nope. I'm telling Dang. you, middle schoolers and old men.
0: I don't want to be those middle schoolers.
1: You know those graphic tees that middle schoolers would wear that said, like, we'll sell my sister for five cents, or mm-hmm. flying monkeys ate my homework? Those are real examples. Yes. Um, yeah, th- those, th- th- that's what those t-shirts reminded me of, but they're, like, for old men. It's, like, old guy's rule sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah yeah old like guys rule because we because of the glass ceiling am i right ladies
0: hey uh always playing the hits huh
1: yeah <laughs> that's all point. right
0: <laughs> <laughs> i can't i'm having i'm having a hard time thinking of of jokes and goofs because of the topic today like i'm yeah i just am tough. so it's a tough one um so if you're a person and you know the abortion stuff that's been going on lately—it's uh—it's really been weighing on me in a way that it doesn't usually.
1: Mm, interesting.
0: Yeah, and I don't know if it's because I've just been on social media more, and I've been available to to look at what people are saying and actually read and think about the other side's arguments. Um, the, and the
1: pain for the pain for knowing about abortion, like me, I told you about my chronic back pain, right? My mm-hmm. my tailbone pain. Yes. It's one of those. It's it feels like that. It's like this is a constant pain that I've had since I was young, mm-hmm. and it's gotten to the point where it's so constant I barely notice it. But sometimes it flares yeah. up. Yeah. You know, or sometimes it goes mm-hmm. away and I think it's gone for good, and then it comes back.
0: <laughs> yeah, I. So if you're if you're if you're not entirely looped in, um, Alabama passed, or at least one of the houses of the Alabama legislature passed a complete ban of avor- on abortion. Um, including cases of rape and incest, except for when it threatens the life of the mother. Mm-hmm. Um, Missouri also just passed, I think it's an eight week abortion ban. Um, and then Georgia passed like a heartbeat bill. Um, and they all happened kind of like back to back to back. Mm-hmm. And so everybody's just on and on and on about abortion and women's rights and all these things. And I'm just seeing things online that maybe I just didn't notice them before but like people on my Facebook that I'm just having to hide because it's, it's coming down to a decision point of, do I engage this person? Um, or do I just block them and not, not block, but like just hide them and not,
1: yeah. Like unfollow.
0: Yeah. Not discuss it with them. Cause I saw somebody today and it was like this girl that I went to like middle school with that just for randomly will pop up on my, you know how it is. We all, yeah. We yeah. And so she was saying something like, um, you know, well the state of Missouri passed it. I no longer have control over my own body. Um, as of right now, the Missouri legislature thinks that a fetus is more important than me, a living, walking, and contributing member of society. And it just like – it just – what I wanted to say was, so you think people who can't walk and contribute to society are worth are worthless? That's a really good point. <laughs> because I, I – I, and I didn't say that because I didn't want to get into a Facebook argument yeah, and be the worst. upset my mood before coming into this podcast more than it already was. But that sentiment is just something that I've seen over and over and over again. Of like, these people value a fetus more than they value me, and I'm doing so much for society. And then you have like the stuff that I put into my Twitter thread the other day about how. So if you if you didn't see this, this is this is something that really just got me riled up. Is like I see all these people who are pro-choice who are saying, um, "Oh yeah, the you pro-lifers." And this is my least favorite argument of all time. It makes me want to scream. You, pro, you pro-lifers don't even care about the baby after it's born. All you care about, you're just pro-birth. You're not pro-life. And I – that makes me want to rip my hair out, Patrick, because there is – I looked on the Planned Parenthood website. I went and I like looked through all of their pages to try and see if they provide any sort of help for women after the child is born, any sort of support for the child, any sort of support for the woman. Even if it was just like diapers, you know, like anything, like I would have, I would have acknowledged at least, okay, you had do something, but there was nothing, yeah, nothing on their website about things, services that they provide for women after they give birth. And it's like that double standard is so, it's so wrong. And I don't even have the words to describe it because it makes me so upset of like people standing over here saying, we care for women. We love women. we We are fighting for women you guys don't care for women because you don't provide for them in this, this, in this way. And then they're standing over there and they're claiming that they care for women, but then they also don't provide for them in this, this, in this way. And it's, it's so it's, I don't, and I don't want to get into an argument about it. And I don't want to start a a blog war. I don't want to get into a flame (laughs) post about these things. Um, but just sitting here and like trying to wrap my brain about around, like not just being mad from my own side of things, but like, Trying to figure out like where that thought is actually coming from, from the pro-choice side, because it has to be coming from somewhere. But like everything that I've ever learned, and maybe it's my bias of being raised pro-life. I don't know. But everything that I've ever learned is like, is I see pro-life people caring about mothers after they've given birth. I see it all the freaking time. And so I just don't know where that comes from. You know what I mean? And that really, it gets me going. I'm a little sweaty right now. Like- Ah, sorry. You you things now. The only consistent position
1: in this argument is seamless garment pro life. That every human person has a right to life. That's it. Mm -hmm. That that there's no there's no argument. The only argument next you can you can argue does every human person have a right to life? And if you say no, you're putting yourself into a pretty dangerous spot, right? Mm-hmm. Or you could say a fetus isn't a human person. And then that's like the only argument that yeah. you can have is like, is a fetus a human person? What defines a human person? But we have such a warped idea of what a human being is. Yeah. That we just, we don't even think of that as a question. Mm-hmm. Because we really only think that like something corporeal, something that we can look at, touch, and and utilitarianism use, something that we can use. We only think that's a person. So, mm-hmm. When it comes to like a child being a burden, we see that as like negative personhood because you are burdening someone, which is why like Jeremy McClellan, he posted today that his doctor said that they'll be able to test for Down syndrome after 10 weeks and then you'll be able to make a decision. And he said, uh, you mean a decision of when to find a new doctor? (laughs) And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, good. That's scary. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine like a doctor telling you that your your child has Down syndrome and then suggesting that he he's like, oh, I can I can take care of that for you. It's like, whoa, uh, whoa, that's, that's please like, don't kill my kid.
0: Yeah, that's terrifying. It's, that is it's like walking up to somebody and saying like a doctor saying, oh, your grandmother has dementia. Would you like me to take care of that for Let's you? See. You know, it's like that's oh, it just doesn't so it doesn't compute. Weird. It doesn't make any sense. It's like crazy to me.
1: And it's just like you, is that can you, uh, and 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 a lot of a lot of the moms on Catholic Twitter have dealt with um have dealt with miscarriage and i oh, I yeah. know a few women in my life who've dealt with miscarriage, but it's mm-hmm. uh, it seems like a lot of them have on specifically because a lot Twitter. of women have just in
0: general like it's a' you it's, don't really not an, it's not an uncommon it, yeah. thing but it's it's also a little taboo to discuss just because like it's sad.
1: Yeah, I mean, but can you imagine what that does to a woman who's miscarried? Oh, yeah. Like, this whole conversation. Because Mm -hmm. it's like, I wish I could have carried my child to term, and I was forced not to. Mm -hmm. Right? But, like, now Mm -hmm. you're saying that that child that died was not a human person. It was just a clump of cells. Yeah. And that I'm sad over nothing. And that I should be happy that I can advance in my career now. I think... Mm Also, a lot of a lot of the arguments that I've seen lately, they're just they 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 run in consistencies with each other, and that's why I said the whole seamless garment thing is the only consistent because it holds up to scrutiny, right? Because if you're if you're a seamless garment pro life person, which essentially means that for those of you who don't know the lingo, which essentially means that you don't you're not a you're not a one issue voter. Like you're not you're not only you don't only care about abortion being illegal. You care about like the rights of immigrants, whether illegal or not, you care mm-hmm. about the rights of poor people, <laughs> like healthcare access for people who can't afford it, right? All of this yes. stuff, like this yes. is these are issues that are in your purview. Contraception, exactly. And and things. now to to qualify it is that like yes, genocide is uh, the fact that there's a genocide going on is very important. However, we can focus on more than one issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, whenever a life issue comes into play, it's the fa- the, the, the simple fact is is that on 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 the on on the large scale like a lot of conservatives that i've met don't hold up to scrutiny when it comes to like oh you're pro-life well why don't you care about why don't you care about the poor and their access to food and health care but then on the flip side it's oh you care about human life why don't you care about children in the womb it's like no Mm -hmm. both the left and the right don't hold up to consistency consistency they don't hold up to scrutiny
0: um this is this is what makes me so mad about the the 2016 election, and I'm sure it will make me mad about the 2020 election, is that the the Republicans just hold the "quote unquote" pro-life, um, the whatever it is—I don't know the political yeah. terms—but they hold that base <laughs> hostage because the Democrats are just very staunchly um, pro-choice, anti-abortion, or, anti, uh, or pro-abortion, and the Republicans, in order to get the votes from the people who are also pro-life will say, Oh yeah, we're pro-life. And then, but they're not, like you said, they're not seamless garments. so there's no way to vote. There's no way to actually affect any policy change because you vote for one way because you care about immigrants and the, and the poor. Um, you vote another way because you care about the unborn you can't vote both, vote both ways. And it's, it's horrendous. And so we get stuck in this just poop throwing match where nobody actually cares about life. Everybody only cares about votes and money. And so the people like you and I and just the average everyday American were just kind of stuck in the middle of all of these other people who are so disconnected from from the poor, from the immigrant, from the the struggling mother um, because – and this is not true in all cases. But more likely than not, the politicians that are running and making these decisions were born with that that silver spoon. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so the, there's no – there's no association, there's no interaction. Like the fact that I get to see and interact with, with homeless people on a regular basis when I'm in Tulsa is, is a huge blessing because it helps me retain like some amount of humanity. You know, like even if I don't necessarily like do as much as I could be doing, um, volunteer wise and giving wise and charity wise, the fact that I see them and I interact with them and I talk with them is more than most, most politicians do. And so, Mm-hmm. there's this, this whole disconnect from, from any sort of struggle or, or pain or, or discomfort that a lot of Americans have that make these, these conversations really easy for them to say, oh, we, we care about women and we care about the rights of women and the rights of women are yeah. what's important. And so I'm just going to throw out this lingo. I'm going to say they deserve to have control over their bodies because I've never actually sat and talked to a woman outside of an abortion clinic and talked through her problem.
1: You know. and what What incentive do any of these politicians actually have to make policy changes besides like mm-hmm. incremental changes either way? Because yeah. what happens is if you make an incremental change in one direction or the other, everybody freaks out, mm-hmm. and then the people who like that change vote for you again. Mm-hmm. I guess. I don't know. I, I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but I don't really think that the... Like you said, the Republican Party holding pro-lifers hostage. So if that's true, if they know they're getting the pro-life vote, what incentive do they have? None. They have none to actually change anything. They don't have any incentive anything. to change anything because if they ch- yeah. if if all of a sudden we changed the law like we mm-hmm. did it, the fight's over, it's done. It can mm-hmm. never be changed again. Then who's who's going to vote for them anymore?
0: Mm-hmm. And we all start voting for the Democrats because they actually care about brown people. <laughs> you know? And yeah. it's it's like, "Oh man, that's a this is untenable because and well, I don't exactly I mean, know it's, how it's, Capitol it's,
1: Hill works. My cousin could probably speak to that. Yeah, I, I, I have a I have a cousin good. who works on Capitol Hill who explains all the politics to me, and it's kind of nice. But maybe he can explain why why um, the Republicans had the House, the Senate, and the White House for the past like four years, and nothing. What happened in Pro Lifeville? Nothing. I mean, maybe because I don't know don't, what happened. Maybe something did happen. Care. I know there were a bunch of shutdowns because of budgets.
0: Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. Yeah. There's a lot of talk about the wall. Yeah. A lot of military stuff. A lot of, a lot of budget stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know the intricacies of what goes on in Capitol Hill. I really have no idea, but all, all I know is that as long as like that that keeps happening and like the situation stands as it is, more and more children are going to die, and more and women so, are going to suffer as a result, and more women are going to suffer. But and so it's it's it goes back to your point about like the the intangibility and the the corporeal nature of of our senses of like needing to see it and feel it and touch it in order to know. Like when when children are dying on the border, there's mass outrage and everyone's like, "Oh, we got to fix this situation. Got to get these kids out of these cages." Like, great, that's awesome. I love that. Be- and because people see it and they're like, "Oh, this is a situation that can't continue," but yes. with but with abortion, for whatever reason, this is a situation that's just allowed to continue. Um, like, can you imagine if we rallied to to that cause, to this cause, in the same way? I was listening to catching foxes no it wasn't catching foxes it was every knee shall bow and this is a point that gomer brings up frequently about this guy who used to be um a soviet uh he used used to be a communist you might have heard about this but he wrote a book um about leadership and he would talk about how and he converted to catholicism and he went to the uk and he was talking to a man in the uk and he was, the the man in the UK was saying, "Oh man, there's only only 10 percent of us are Catholic. Like, there's no way that we can actually affect any change in this country. Like, it's too hard. It's too secular. Blah 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 blah." And the the man who was the the Russian man said, "Are you kidding me? In Russia, only one percent of us were were communists. Only one percent of us were were truly dedicated to the cause. Um, and they they." passed laws. They changed policies. They put people into government. They they did all sorts of things because they actually cared and they would they would brag to each other about how little of their paycheck they were able to live on because they were giving so much of it away to the cause and they would brag about how much time they would spend and how much effort and, and all of these things and they actually changed. They changed things. They're just 1% um, and they were obviously talking about that in terms of evangelization um, but the the case still holds true for for something yeah. like this of hey um if you're listening to this and you you really care um what have you done about it and this is this is a question for me too of like what have you actually done uh, you go to a rally every once in a while you tweet a couple things you make a podcast but like what have you actually done um like are you giving a, a portion of your salary to to catholic charities or to your local price, crisis pregnancy center or like, are you giving money to the cause? Are you going and volunteering? Are you like, there are lawyers who do pro bono work for women, like in, in adoption cases. Like there are nurses who go and do pro bono work for mothers who need healthcare. Like that we each have skills and we can use them for this cause. But yeah. instead we're just kind of sitting and being angry that the, the society is against us. And that's what's really frustrating me is like, They – they, they. this goes back to my original point of like, yeah, this is why they can't see that pro-life people actually cares because the vast majority of us are just too apathetic to actually get up and do something about it. Mm. And it's the same with – it's the same with pro-life stuff. It's the same with um, any other political issue. It's the same with actually evangelizing with our faith. It's why – like the Catholic Church is the largest like pro-life group in theory in this country. But if everybody actually believes in what the church (laughs) teaches – but to to actually galvanize that group, it is has it been done? Will it be done? I don't know. We have nobody. Nobody wants to move. Everybody just wants to go to mass, get their donuts, feel good about themselves, go home. And so there's no. It just, that's what really upsets me about all of this is that we have the we have the capability to do something about it and to show those people yes we do care and we love these women and we love uh, their children enough to sacrifice for them. But nobody's willing to sacrifice. Nobody's willing to get up and do it and that's why i'm i've got this just this knot in my stomach of like what how do we even start to to move in that direction i don't know
1: now i'm upset by two things <laughs> okay <laughs> no like, Sorry. Like, no it is it is really upsetting we could do something yep. but we're not yep um well a m- majority of us right I'm too the busy. Thing, Timmy
0: Timmy has soccer practice, so <laughs> sorry. I can't I can't, can't, can't help out.
1: Um but like the other thing that upsets me is that this whole this whole uh, there's really there's really so okay, I am very I am very pro AOC. Okay. I I'm like a big fan. I think that I think that she's cool.
0: I don't know anything about her, but Okay. Cool.
1: So she's this she's a young congresswoman.
0: Right, and she's She's pro choice, isn't she? I she's pro choice,
1: but she's like, she's like super, she's super out there and she's like the subject of scrutiny and she's made a ton of, she's made a bunch of mistakes.
0: But I, I can't help but
1: root for her because she like, she understands certain things mm-hmm. that other people don't really see. But it's, so, so she, she like was up on, she was up in, she's up there in Congress and she's talking about like how, um, She's talking to I think I think the context was she's talking to the medical industry and she's like, the medical industry has to be regulated differently than other industries because this cell phone in my hand is a commodity. It's mm-hmm. it's like, how much are you gonna pay for this? A hundred dollars, two hundred dollars, three hundred dollars. You can get a Nokia phone, whatever, but when it comes to medicine, it's people's lives. Yeah. You can't you can't you can't have supply and demand because the demand is always I will go into debt to save my life. Absolutely. Yeah. So like she makes great points. She's which is talk- which is
0: a a pro life position that's by exactly the way that's
1: exactly what i was saying it's a very yes. pro life position and yeah. she was and then she's like also talking about like there was a there was an article put out about um did uh oh what was it it was like did the economy decline because um i forget, I, I wrote i wrote about it it was like did the economy decline because women were um because of the empowerment of women and she was like uh if the um never mind i I don't remember what it was i could probably pull it up but it's really not important anyway okay so she she tweeted something about um maybe this was her maybe this wasn't her she tweeted something about how uh if how many men have a woman to thank for their career because she got an abortion at 16 Mm. and didn't stick him with the bills and is I was that like, AOC
0: or was that someone else?
1: That, I think that was someone else, but she responded yeah. to it.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I saw she that pointed, pointed tweet too
1: because that's that's really th- I found that tweet very interesting
0: because and it, it seems pointed to be something out contrary to everything that the it seems movement to be very contrary to pro choice and, and the yeah. reason is because it's like here's the, here's the tweet behind okay. millions of successful men is an abortion they don't regret getting with their partner. I urge men to go beyond solidarity and talk about how they've personally benefited from abortion rights too. Not because it's the right thing you to do, because it's true. Not because it's the right thing for you to do, because it's true. So it's like, yeah.
1: Oh yeah, we saw different tweets, but oh, we
0: did. Well, yeah. Same same sentiment though.
1: Okay, so I also found the original AOC tweets. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about like female empowerment. So, uh, The Economist tweeted: "America is seeing a spike in celibacy fueled by economics, technology, and female empowerment." <clears throat> And she said, if your celibacy is due to female empowerment, maybe it's because too many people relied on disempowerment to not be celibate in the first place. I think that was a very astute point. She's like, if you're if you if you're not having sex because women are empowered, it's probably because people relied too much on taking advantage of women in the first and I, I was like I was like, that's that's exactly what happened in the sexual revolution. What happened was it was like, no, let's liberate sex, whatever, whatever. And then Men started oppressing women by uh, taking advantage of them and "quote unquote" liberating them from their "quote unquote" sexual prisons, um, and it got worse. And I think the same thing is happening with um, abortion. And if 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 all of these people just took a little bit of a turn to the right, they would see that those exact those exact. uh words that, that you just read are true it's like how many how many men owe their success to a 16 year old who got an abortion and didn't stick them with child care bills it's like yeah this whole thing is so that men can get rid of the evidence it's it's not it's not female empowerment right it's a it's a it's continuing the system of oppression that's happened for so many years and it and if you if you did care about female empowerment and if you did care about like stopping oppression, you would stop these systems that allow a man to just pay four hundred dollars, or half of four hundred dollars, which is the funniest thing to me. Like that, there's this, there's this, uh, there's this social etiquette of a man paying half of the abortion bills. Are you kidding me? That's just so hmm. stupid. Yeah.
0: Hmm.
1: He's not even taking full responsibility for the medical procedure itself. Yeah, that's not masculinity. No. That's cowardice. Nothing, you're supposed to take. You're supposed nothing to about take the responsibility. Men in
0: any of these situations is is masculine. Absolutely
1: like, not. I, Absolutely not.
0: And it's it's the that's I am mean, not to cause I I hesitate to talk about like abortion in terms of like the men responsible because then it makes the conversation about men again, which can really turn a lot of people off. But I do think it's worth bringing up. Of
1: well, I didn't bring it up. I didn't think about this until I saw that tweet.
0: Yeah, well, I, yeah, no, 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 I agree with you. But the the reality is, is like, yeah, in order to have a child, it takes two to tango. Um, and so there's a there's a man involved in all of these situations. And I th- I, there was another statistic that I heard from somewhere of um, over 50 percent of women who get abortions say that they are coerced by the man. Hmm. And so – which really is not choice if you think about it if it's coercion um and so the the men in these situations are are not um taking responsibility for their actions it's because that it's all a, a lack of of fatherhood and a lack of teaching about what it truly means to be a man is is taking responsibility for things and mm-hmm. and sacrificing and doing things that maybe you don't necessarily want to do because they're the right thing to do and so
1: Strange. It's strange to me that that um, the Catholic Church has a system in place to make sure that women don't get coerced into marriage, but Planned Parenthood doesn't have a system in place to make sure women don't get coerced into abortions.
0: Yeah, that's because Planned Parenthood profits from <laughs> abortion in the Catholic yeah.
1: Which Church. is exactly what AOC was talking about when she yeah. was like, "Don't commodify healthcare." It's like Planned yeah. Parenthood is commodifying the body.
0: Yeah, and it's it's the, I just hate this this. The rhetoric of like, oh, it's all about men trying to control women's bodies. They're like preventing them from having abortions, all these things. Well, abortion if, – if, if a majority of abortions are coerced, then men are still controlling women's bodies <laughs> by forcing them to go get abortions. Um, you should look up sitting, that statistic so we can put it in the show notes. Yeah, I should. It was—I can't remember where exactly it was. You from, gotta dig but, for
1: it. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta back it up. You can't just be another guy on the know. internet I talking
0: about statistics. Father Gale said it to me when I was sitting next to him at a bar, so I might have to text him and ask what it was, but if he could find it for me. But I can, I can get it to you before Sunday for sure. All right. But it's a real statistic. Um, I don't remember what I was saying, but I'm—I am annoyed at the. At the rhetoric that's been slung, I'm annoyed at the propaganda because it's nobody who's pro life is trying to control a woman. Nobody who's pro life is trying to own a woman or 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 restrict them or, um, or coerce them or anything like that. Um, there's no there's these all these it's this pop culture Handmaid's Tale, Hunger Games, Divergent like mindset of these evil men are keeping us down. Yeah. Um, And we've kind of allowed that culture to seep in. Like what, what is our, like what that popular thing from, you know, 2008 to in the past 10 years, it's been like, that's the, that's the hot thing is like, there's an oppressive regime and we need to take it down and you know, who's going to do it. It's going to be women. And like, we've, it's, it's not, I don't think that's bad. Um, I don't think it's, that's, those are inherently wrong things, but like these Images and these thoughts have been swirling around the public consciousness for quite a long time, um, at least a decade or two. And so it makes sense that we're now in this place having this discussion, being informed by all of that pop culture, and the pro-choice side is saying we're being oppressed. We need to overthrow this oppressive regime. We need to have freedom because we're being restricted and yada, yada, yada. And there's no no actual like cultural response from the pro-life side that's saying – um, something different and I, I don't know what that looks like necessarily but I do think that a lot of this discussion is informed by by the culture and by the entertainment that we've been pumping into our brains for well I mean I we think it's babies. I think it's
1: that and the fact that we've been we've been um de-incentivizing childbirth forever mm-hmm. like for years I mean the, the the whole the whole argument of like well women um you hear like people getting... Is it like don't don't have sex in high school because if you get pregnant then you're gonna like ruin your, your life, right? Mm-hmm. You're not gonna be able to get a job and you're not gonna be able to finish school, whatever. Yeah. Um. Or so like similarly, when you get older, it's like get an abortion because if you don't, you're not going to be able to have a job and you're not mm-hmm. gonna be a successful a woman. Career. Yeah. And so instead of instead of so in, we took the route of legalizing killing and um undoing a natural mm-hmm. bodily function instead of taking the man-made structure of the way our corporate world works and changing that instead. Yeah. Which is arguably much uh it's it's a bigger it's a bigger issue. It's like a, it's like a harder thing to do. Yes. But it doesn't but it doesn't betray nature to The virtuous change thing is usually how... the
0: harder thing to do.
1: <laughs> it's so it's so stupid to me that we didn't like change well, why didn't why didn't we change businesses so that it's okay if a woman leaves work for 3 months and then comes back because she had a kid. That's that's totally possible. We could totally do that. Mhm. That's not something that's unheard of. I
0: Yes. I am now that you say that I'm absolutely baffled. Not baffled, but cuz I uh, I'm trying to think of like a reason as to why that didn't happen and the only reason that keeps popping into my head is Satan. That's <laughs> exactly what it was. But because I mean it's, it, It has to be the only way that something on this scale, this, this amount of intrinsic, terrible evil could have been legalized and so widespread in a such a short period of time is the work of supernatural evil. Like, and I, I, it's really hard to say, it's really hard to say that like, we're, we're, we're in this fight. You know what I mean? It feels very like. Unwinnable, You know, not that. I mean, obviously, I believe in Jesus and I believe in his saving power. Um, but at a, at a certain point, it's like, wow, America really handed the keys over to <laughs> uh, to the devil. And we're just kind of like along for the ride, you know, and like, I don't want to give up hope. And I it's but it's really hard not to. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like Hulk. It's like I used to
1: feel like me and Hulk both had one hand on the wheel, but now it feels like he's in the driver's seat and I'm locked at the back of the trunk. That's what happens when you give the keys over to the devil. He makes you think you got you got one hand on the wheel, mm-hmm. but before you know it, you're locked in the in the trunk, feeling like a dope.
0: Yep. Hmm. You know, I don't know. I, is I, that is that crazy to say? Like, am I no, just a bad so, Christian? Oh, what? Oh, the fight's unwinnable.
1: Yeah. Oh. Um. Well. It's not. It's not. It, it's not true. It's. I, know I don't it's think it's bad true. to say. But it's right. It's. It's how it, I feel, though. It is. It is. I mean, that's that's how the apostles felt it's, on Good Friday. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know that that's it's it's part of the, it's part of the. I mean, God doesn't let you go through um, trials without actually feeling things, like feeling the defeat. God lets you feel defeat. I. It's so funny because when I when I read this is gonna sound like a tangent, but it's not. When I read the prophets, you have this stage of the, when the when God calls the prophet, he's always like, "I'm not worthy to be called by God," mm-hmm. right? And choose then you, Aaron, not me. Yeah, exactly. And then God goes, "No, you can do it." And then he's like, "All right, fine, I'll do it." And when I was younger, I I would always hear talks that were like, "Hey, God's gonna have a plan for your life, and like you're gonna go through that too." And I was always like, "No, I'll just skip that part. I'll just trust God <laughs> right away."
0: <laughs>
1: but even even though even though I I, I s- sort of like took the steps in the direction of like following God's will, right? I still had that crisis of I still eventually got to that crisis of God call mm-hmm. someone else, not me. I can't do this, right? And so you can't skip you can't skip the human the human condition, right? You can't, you yeah. can't skip the, you, you can't, can't skip the, I'm over not that. worthy. And similarly, God wants you to experience the crucifixion and the resurrection. And he's not going to let you skip from incarnation to resurrection until you go through crucifixion. Zoinks. So he's going to make you, he, he's not going to make you, but he's, it's going to happen. He's, you're going to, you're going to feel the sting of the defeat. Right. And so in, in this sense, like we have to collectively feel the sting of the defeat because it's, it's kind of, 73 million.
0: Yeah. it's a lot. That's a lot. 73. Of people. Like, if you just think, it's like a number that we throw out for, I don't know. I think that's poli- more than there are Catholics points. in the country. Oh, yeah. We throw that number out for political points, but, like, you actually think about how many people that actually is. It's a th- third of this country right now if we just yeah. gone.
1: And you see it on T-shirts, like a third of my generation is missing. But it's like, Mm -hmm. no, like, think about it. Think about your graduating class. Think about all the people you knew in high school. Mm -hmm. One third of them were not there.
0: Yeah. And do we then I think just another another problem that we get sucked into is we have all of these half hopes like, yeah, maybe this bill in Alabama gets shot down in the second, you know, or whatever, like the, the bill in Georgia or Missouri, like doesn't get signed into law in that state. And it gets shot down like we have all of these um, these half hopes that like will re-energize everybody be like, oh, yeah, we're making progress in this fight. And then everything just kind of fades into the background. And they say, Oh, it's she got shut down and be like, well, that's to be expected. And we'll just wait for the next round. Like once we get that that next Supreme Court judge, then we can reverse Roe v. Wade and everything <laughs> will be OK. And it's like we've hung our hat on on these lofty political goals um. And so it's really easy to just kind of forget and not think about it and not acknowledge how big of a problem it is and how many people seventy three million people is.
1: And all it does is get rich old butts in seats. That's mm-hmm. all it does. We, yeah. It's all. It's all. These lofty goals are like just make us go to the polls. Mm-hmm. And we Pokemon so, go
0: to the polls. We Pokemon go to the polls. And so if we actually like sit and this is what I've just been wrestling with the past couple of days. Of like this. This is insane that this is like even a problem. Like, it's just it's such a no brainer to me that you shouldn't kill someone. <laughs> <laughs> and, and but, like, and, but do we actually think about that? That's just the reality in plain terms of, like, this is what the culture has accepted is okay and actually is more than okay, is good and should be, should be celebrated, done. Celebrated, yeah. By everybody and should be celebrated. Um, and so, yeah. I mean, yeah, some I people think,
1: go as far to say that, like, you shouldn't even have kids. Mm hmm. Like, that's just not something that people should do. And it's like, I never knew that someone actually, like, and, and it's, you can, you can always say like, wow, like I can't believe someone has this opinion. But then that opinion gets like 703,000 retweets. And you're like, like wait, um, wait. what? what? <laughs> that's a lot of people who think that people shouldn't have kids. I mean, I can understand not yeah. personally wanting kids, but like, you think babies shouldn't happen that that's are so you,
0: strange are you telling me that you're gonna enforce your thoughts about my body onto me saying that i shouldn't have kids
1: i mean that's what ends up happening
0: step off bro my that's body my happening. freaking choice bro
1: i listened uh, at seek Just, 2015 it's all, they, it's all inconsistent talk, it's all inconsistent at seek 2015 there was a uh, there was a guy who gave a talk on overpopulation the overpopulation myth we're not overpopulated by the way we're fine um
0: we just throw away too much food.
1: <laughs> we should, exactly we throw away too much food. Yeah, so when it comes to when it comes to food stuff, it's like the issue is not food production, the issue is food transportation and people aren't working on ways to get food to countries that need it. Instead, we're uh, airdropping condoms, Bill and Melinda Gates, um, into Africa. Do you follow Uju on Twitter? No she her her name she's she's oh my gosh she i think she's south african or nigerian i don't know which oh i think i know who you're talking about yeah she she goes by uju because no one can pronounce her name uh well no one no one from america or from the west but yeah she talks about all the time she's like um i don't need condoms my country needs education yeah Yeah, like please stop anyway yeah so that that's and it's really hard to believe that like it's not it's not like racist sexist illuminati pulling the strings from behind the like it's it's really hard for me to not get into those conspiracies but it's Mm -hmm. like it turns out these things that are touting themselves as liberation or as as world relief are actually neutering africans and oppressing women it's like how is this is weird I'm like putting on my Alex Jones tinfoil hat. I'm like, something's yeah. going on here. But hmm. but ultimately, it's not it's not people who have this long con. It's not it's not human beings who have this big long lofty new world order idea. It's uh Satan. So you're right. Where did I go off on a tangent? I went I off on know. a tangent somewhere.
0: I'm I'm lost.
1: But there is hope, Ethan. Oh, this what? is what it was. Tell me. Um oh no, that was that was never mind. Never
0: mind. <laughs> okay. I I'm just sad. I'm sad and I I want everyone else to be sad and then I want us to actually start doing something about it. Um I don't know what exactly that means for me yet, but I'm gonna spend some time trying to figure that out because I've been I've
1: been really feeling a draw towards praying in front of abortion clinics recently. Mm-hmm. Because I, I like I I had it I had like someone talk about it at mass and then I was talking to um and then I heard like Gomer and and Dave talking about it on Every Knee Shall Bow doing like sidewalk counseling, and then there was that whole thing with that guy from that senator from Pennsylvania, um state senator from Pennsylvania, uh, harassing a woman praying the rosary, and mm-hmm. I was like hmm this keeps coming into my purview because I honestly think that praying for if someone if someone going into an abortion clinic sees you silently praying for them or even talks to you like even something as small as talks to you sure but even something as small as like just seeing you pray a rosary which is a very iconically catholic thing mm-hmm. um you might not stop that abortion you might not right. and that child might die but that woman when she down down the line that, that usually young woman who's scared, maybe coerced, making a really huge life choice and one that she might statistically will probably regret. Um, down the line, she will remember you as a, she'll remember the Catholic church as a silent, loving presence, not an angry, loud, Mm -hmm. um, oppressive force outside the making her feel even worse about herself than she already might. Um, so that that went sidewalk counseling is a powerful way to not even sidewalk counseling, but like abortion clinic prayer is a very powerful way to further this. Not even the cause, but the the point of it all is individual people. It's souls. That's what we care about, right? That's what we care about is souls.
0: Yeah. I'm. I don't. I don't have anything else to say. I'm. I'm. I'm plum tuckered. I'm. I am emotionally spent from this discussion, and from the past like three days of just thinking about it and waiting to talk about it. That's why I didn't want to record yesterday because I wanted to talk about all of this and I was already in a bad mood. So I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, man, do I am I ready to feel capital E capital W even worse? <laughs> no, sir. Capital E
1: capital W."
0: yeah like even worse like spelling it out capital e like if i were to tweet it i would that's how i would tweet it capital e capital w yes even worse like even starts with an e worse starts with a w even worse
1: oh i was i thought you were spelling even with a w no
0: no 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 no, no. hey <laughs> do you think our uh our tv show is gonna get picked up
1: i don't actually think yes <laughs> so my mom texted me this morning and she was like so why did Ethan give them that resume? Who said this? My mom. <laughs> and I was like, it was a joke. She's like, oh, okay, because I thought he was like actually pitching a show. I'd watch that. Show. I
0: well, I am actually pitching a show, but the resume is part of the pitch.
1: <laughs> well, I told her I was like, I, I she was she was watching she was she was like, yeah, I'd I'd watch that show. Uh, it's I think it'd be funny, and I think people would actually start watching EWTN. And I have this unironic unironic opinion is that if EWTN produced a series of spoofs, mm-hmm. Catholic spoofs of television shows oh, yeah. that were were done by us specifically, <laughs> they would get views, baby. They would totally and like not even not even like on television, like put it on their TV channel, put it on their YouTube channel. Cuz these 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 old these old Catholic organizations, they need to stop they need to stop putting their TV shows on YouTube. That's stupid. And they need to stop putting their radio shows in podcast form. That's my opinion. They need
0: to start or need to stop. Stop. What?
1: I don't know. I, I'm just tired. Ty- I mean, maybe not. So do you
0: think so what do you think they should do? What's the alternative?
1: Make actual YouTube videos and podcasts.
0: Oh, I see what you mean. yeah, yeah. yeah. They're like, just uploading that- their radio shows to a podcast instead of just having a podcast.
1: No, no, no! I think they should have a regular podcast instead of uploading their radio shows to. But I think, I think that they shouldn't yes. upload their radio show to a podcast. That's store. what I'm saying. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. because I think that I think that um, they see YouTube and podcasting as like this storage cloud on mm-hmm. demand sort it's of just, thing.
0: It's just TV and radio, but
1: online. But online, but that's not at all what it is. No. People want to watch five-minute YouTube videos and get lost in your back catalog. That people want to do that, but they can't do that
0: if... All of your videos are an hour are long. 30
1: minutes, hour long.
0: Yeah. I just replied to my my tweet of the email. I said, At EWTN, if you don't hop on this soon, Catholic TV is getting an email from me.
1: That's that's exactly what's going to happen. They're, they're just going to get taken over by a younger, bigger shark. Not bigger even bigger. Shark, I don't do, think
0: do, Catholic do, TV Bigger shark, do, 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 do. All right. Hey, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to go. Okay. Really take a nap or read a book or something. I like, I prayed today already. I like did my prayer time, which is good. It's hard to do when you're home. Really hard to do in your home. Yes. Um, and you don't have a car and you can't drive to the chapel. Um, and you have to pray in your room, but you get distracted because you want to take a nap on your bed. Um, and I've been to mass I prayed and I went to the dentist and I had lunch. I've done the podcast for the weekend. So I'm, I get to go to Manhattan tomorrow. Do I need to get a gift? I should probably write a card anyway, (laughs) internal dialogues. Um, so I'm going to go, I'm going to go relax, spend some time with my brother. Alex just got home today. So I'm gonna hang out with him. Nice. Um, I need to edit, edit some podcasts, edit some, you still need to send me those, the, the, the crunch art so I can, Oh yes. So I can start working on that too. But anyway, yeah, this was good. This is ish I feel okay. I feel very raw, but
1: Okay, that's good. We ended on a goof,
0: so I feel good too. Yeah, you love to end on a goof. It's, it's the only yeah, way I can keep going.
1: Literally, it's you got to end on a goof. It's yeah. the only it's the only thing possible.
0: Yeah. That's the that's the beauty of the Lord is that even in the darkest 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 of times, we can still we can still find joy still yeah. on a goof. Yeah. So, anyway. All right. Well, uh Patrick, do you have anything else for the people? No, we didn't say
1: anything funny for the last hour and a half. I can't. I can't just make a goof now.
0: Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you, and we will see you.